Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Jake Boxleg, and this is the Autosport Podcast. It's Friday the 12th of March, and today was the first day of pre-season testing for the 2021 Formula 1 season. Now, this year, teams only get three days of testing, and it's all happening at the Bahrain International Circuit. And it's been a very, very sandy day in the desert, with gusts bringing on plenty of sand onto the circuit. But nonetheless, Max Verstappen topped the lap chart and the timesheets, setting a 1 minute 30.889 second lap, beating Lando Norris by 0.2 seconds as Red Bull and McLaren got off to a very good start. The Mercedes struggled with Valtteri Bottas losing laps with a gearbox problem, and Hamilton struggling to find balance with the W12 out of the box. But to dissect the day's action, I'm joined by Motorsport.com's F1 editor, John Noble, to tell me more about day one. Now, John, first day of testing, uh, how did you find it? It's always quite a, quite a weird day, the first day of testing, because you've got this tremendous build-up and excitement, and then the day gets going, and it's the same old story of times not really meaning that much. And I'm, I'm always convinced the first day of testing isn't really about who's fastest and who's looking good. It's often just an indicator of who appears to be in more trouble, and the more interesting stories are at the, the bottom end of the timesheet. So I think today is kind of confirmed that, you know, Haas aren't going to make great shakes this year. Um, you know, they're not updating the car. They're throwing everything into 2022. So they're going to, you know, have quite a difficult season. I think the timesheet's proved it. But more interestingly, I think the, the Mercedes niggles were were quite fascinating for, for a team that has been so rock solid year after year after year to have a an opening day like today, you know, will not have gone down too well in Brackley. Mercedes logged the least amount of laps with 48. Uh, Valtteri Bottas only getting uh, it was six or seven of those. Um, and Lewis Hamilton doing the rest. But it was 
a much interrupted day uh, at Mercedes gearbox issue for Valtteri Bottas and he spent a very very long time getting that fixed on Mercedes W12 and then Lewis Hamilton struggling to get the balance right in that Mercedes uh, and there was a stoppage at the end for them uh, John but I assume it's not too much of a cause of concern when the F1 TV um, official footage was wrapping up tonight it flashed to the Mercedes garage and there was a big yellow barrier around the car and a man in a big yellow jacket um, there it looked like you know, sometimes they have these, the car goes live, that some electrical problem or the batteries in meltdown. So it looked like there was some big drama going on, um, but it wasn't a big drama. I spoke to the team, basically just practicing procedures for if there is a trouble in the future, this is how they do it. So tests are often about trying to find problems and working out the worst case scenarios. It's why we'll get, you know, at some point either tomorrow or Sunday, there'll be fuel runouts where the cars stop on track. So the teams work out exactly how far they can push it till they have no fuel to run the car. Um, so testing is all about finding troubles as much as it is about finding performance. Mercedes uh, did find plenty of uh, troubles today. Um, but Valtteri Bottas, he was kind of sanguine about it. He kind of said, you know, I didn't get the laps that I wanted in, but he put trust in Mercedes to claw that back. But, you know, with two days left, the sort of uh, it's against them a little bit. You know, you can't jump to conclusions and think, oh my God, Mercedes world title hopes are in tatters and it looks like Red Bull are clear favourites. Um, but it's not an ideal start. This is a the smallest amount of, or least amount of pre-season testing um, any F1 team has had heading into the year. So, you know, losing effectively... Valtteri will have lost one third of his track time from the, the problem today. Um, and it's just one of those annoying little, annoying niggles that can come up any time. But I think Valtteri was quite right where he said, you know, perhaps, you know, Mercedes should have done a filming day and burned up 100 kilometres um, last week just to run the car and get these little problems out of the way because it's cost them half a day now. You know, they're planning to do a filming day between the test and the, the first race. And performance-wise, that would make sense because you, you do your test you can observe what everyone else is doing. You've got all your data. They'll have all the, the rival team's GPS data. So, you know, 100 kilometres of running before the first race and to analyse perhaps some new bits and um, developments and, you know, proper proper data is more valuable than running at a wet Silverstone. But when you run at a wet Silverstone in early March, even if it is raining, the gearbox problem that came up today would have been detected and, and, and you know, should have been eradicated. So... It's something Valtteri said they'll have to look into for next year. Yeah, certainly will do. Um, but obviously, you know, hopefully we all want to see the cars in, in fighting form. So hopefully for the team over the next couple of days, they'll be able to get it in order and ready for the first race in Bahrain. You mentioned Red Bull, John. Um, very good day for them. Most amount of laps on the board. Let me have a look at my lap counter. It was 139 for them and we finally got to see the rebel rb16b on track after rebel took great pains to hide it from uh, all of the media uh, during the launch week but yeah verstappen on top looking very very comfortable uh, what caught your eye from them today almost a day of two halves for them because the, the first part of the day looked quite tricky um the car didn't seem to be particularly well balanced um max had a, a spin coming out of turn is it two or three whatever they i can't, can't remember the which one they term the right-hander, is that a turn or not? One one of those, one of those. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, coming out the first sequence of corners, Max had a little spin. There were a few kind of runoffs and the car didn't seem to be too comfortable, but it could could be just a case of drivers and teams getting used to these new floor changes. They would, would have affected the aero balance. You lose downforce at the rear, you've got to balance it out at the front. You can't keep the, the same amount of front downforce on the car, otherwise your back end is going to be all over the shop. So, 
I think perhaps once they found that balance, the car seemed much more comfortable. Um, even though the track conditions were pretty horrendous out there when that sandstorm blew in for a few hours, it was incredible, really. But I think they'll be pretty chuffed with today. Um, you can't read much into lap times, but I think delivering quite a comfortable pace, getting all those, um, getting all that mileage done, no problems on the engine, no problems on the car. I think it'll be a big positive start for Red Bull, and they'll they'll also be quietly happy that. Mercedes hasn't had the day that it wanted. It certainly will. Um, but yeah, the sand's a big talking point, I guess. Um, we spoke about, you know, people have spoke about Bernie's sprinkler idea. Uh, I wondered if this was uh, Stefano's sand um, coming into the 4 and F1. You mentioned floors, and we've seen a few new designs. Mercedes was the big one trying to keep its floor relatively well hidden, and it looks very, very, very complex. Uh, it's got all of these sort of rippling folds uh, on the edge of the floor. And Aston Martin has that to a degree as well. All the teams trying to recover this lost downforce that they've lost over the off-season. Lots of different ways to do it, lots of different approaches. Um, on the flip side, Haas turning up with something that they'd already tested in uh, practice for Abu Dhabi last year. So maybe not so much work thrown at that car for this year. Um, but John, it's very, very interesting to see all of these different approaches Um towards the floor over the off-season. I think, I think it shows how aggressive the teams are going to be this season because it's, a, it's a, team, a season where the teams have rolled over their chassis from last year. It's a season where the temptation is to throw a thing into 2022, so you don't necessarily need the development. But these, these aero changes, the, the revisions to the floor, to the rear brake ducts, to the diffuser, um, have caused a headache for the teams. They need to recover this downforce and... Um, I think the fact that Mercedes was so secretive about their floor design over the launch that other teams have hidden their floor tweaks too shows that they believe there is you know, a big chunk of downforce to be found in this area. Um, Mercedes obviously wanted to keep the, the secret of their floor as long as possible, but I think they had no choice but to kind of unleash the, the floor today. With three days of testing, you can't really afford to mess around and hide bits until the final day. There is no second week of testing where traditionally Mercedes have run a basic package in the first week and then bought virtually an all-new car to the second week. This is it. Um, so this may well be the the, the package they start um, the first race with as well. But um, I think it's very interesting, you know, just seeing just seeing these revisions. And I know tech expert, I can spot a ripple floor, <laughs> but I wouldn't have a clue to explain about what benefit or anything it brings. So perhaps you can uh, explain I can it. have a go. Uh, obviously, to look at them a little bit more from the photographs as well, it's still not entirely clear what a lot of the other teams are doing. But you do have that midsection. And for the last few years, a lot of teams have run that little scroll uh, alongside the side pod. In that area, air tends to drift out, you know, around the back of the barge boards as well. And so you can use that part as a sort of mini diffuser in the center, really. With that scroll, you then get the experience sort of expansion that the diffuser will provide not to the same extent obviously because it's the volume is not anywhere near as big but it does seem they're trying to derive as much performance there as possible obviously we lose all of those slots and cuts which were helping create the seal around the floor by sort of pushing air outwards and you know protecting it from any turbulence that was incoming so again it seems to be that effect and if they do it more strongly and earlier then the back of the floor which has less to play with it can at least sort of hold on for a little bit before stuff gets to the diffuser 
So that seems to be, I think, the general intent of these designs. You do see other teams as well with slightly more square cutouts after that point. And again, I think they're trying to add a little layer of protection as well, going down the sides of the floor, which they've lost over the off-season. So, yeah, a lot of very interesting designs. It's really interesting as a way to see how the different teams have, uh, have approached it. But another team that impressed today, John, was... McLaren, Lando Norris second overall in the times, 91 laps logs, which, you know, not as many as uh, a lot of teams, but proving that perhaps the reliability issues that Mercedes had feared with its new power unit, uh, you know, aren't necessarily there for them. Um, but John, you know, first day back with Mercedes engines, what did you make of them? If any team had the, the perfect excuse for a, a troubled day of reliability niggles or not hitting the ground running or time lost in the garage would be McLaren. It's the only team that's changed engine partner um, for this year. It's moved from Renault to Mercedes. Um, we've seen in the past teams have you know struggled to adapt sometimes when they've been faced with such circumstances. So I think, you know, beyond the fact that the car looked, you know, pretty solid and pretty quick, both Lando and Daniel were up there. I think the fact it ran so reliably, um, the fact that there weren't, weren't any major dramas, they didn't lose um, much time because of track stoppages or time lost in the garage. So I think, I think an encouraging first day for them. And I think it goes back to the, you know, how we started this, that the first day of testing is not about the speed you show, although that's often a, a bonus. So if you can hit the ground running, get a lot of miles done on the first day, that gives you a good groundwork for, you know, some positive progress over the, the final two days. Certainly does. And obviously, Daniel Ricciardo was also fastest this morning. So it has been a very, very good day at the office for McLaren. Another team that had a good day, well, two more teams that had very good days, uh, one logging 129 laps, the other logging 111. Uh, Alpine, I'll, I guess we'll start with first. Uh, Esteban Ocon uh, doing more than two race distances over the day, uh, just quietly logging in laps, doing a very, very good job. Alpine does sort of have a certain look to it it's got a very very big bulky airbox which kind of puts you in mind of uh the the ligiers of the 70s i guess especially with the blue paint scheme just quietly getting on with it weren't they yeah it was very much kind of under the radar they had quite quite a hyped um build up with a change of team name and the rebranding and then the, the drama surrounding fernando alonso's cycling accident and missing the team launch and all that but today was that you know just got down to business didn't set any kind of headline grabbing times in terms of topping the session at um, any point. But, you know, you look at the end of the day, Ocon's up there. Um, we know last year the car was was pretty quick, um, you know, in certain conditions and on certain track surfaces. And it certainly appears to favour kind of the, the, the more abrasive track surfaces like Bahrain is. Um, it, it, its biggest struggles came on days where the, the, the track surface you know, wasn't very good. Um, you look at Turkey, for example, was one of their most difficult weekends with that very, very tricky track surface. So yeah, very, very solid start and also quite an eye-opening, eye-opener with that, that airbox. So <laughs> as again, I can spot a big airbox, but I don't know what they're playing at. So what are they doing? Uh, it's moving a lot of the cooling components. Um, you'll see this with a lot of teams and it's also the reason why the McLaren doesn't have that sort of big bump on on the air intake that the other Mercedes-powered cars do. Um, McLaren's another team that likes to put a lot of its cooling parts in the sort of centre line of the car rather than in the side pods. And by doing that, maybe you're raising the centre gravity a little bit, but you can kind of, you know, dial that out with a little bit of ballast. But 
it's getting your side pods really, really small as well, just to reduce the path of airflow going to the back. And so you work the floor a little bit harder. And it's so much more important with these new floors as well that you have as much space as possible to 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 work with it, I guess. But Alpine have gone for the same sort of thing. The side pods are dramatically smaller than last year. Um, you know, I thought it might have been just the angle from the launches, but it does seem to be genuinely the case. And so by moving those radiators and bits and pieces just into that sort of central section, yeah, it looks a little bit bulkier on the uh, engine cover, but it doesn't seem to have too much of an aerodynamic influence. Um, so, you know, it's a concept that they've gone with for a couple of years. It seems to work for them. We mentioned AlphaTauri earlier. Pierre Gasly logging in 74 laps. Yuki Sonoda doing 37. Sonoda getting less time and on a slightly dustier track. But again, they looked very, very good, John. Yeah, just steady progress from AlphaTauri, really. They had a you know really good season last year. Obviously, the highlight was Pierre Gasly's win at Monza. Um, and I think they're looking to you know make good progress this season. They've kind of revamped the, the front end of the, the car a bit, new nose, different front suspension, which had a bit of a knock-on effect with the steering. Um, Honda engine, Honda obviously pushing quite hard um, for their final season, which will benefit AlphaTour as well. And I think Gasly, Gas is at the top of his game, you know, f- full of confidence after last season. Um, you know, a real opportunity he senses to move forward and do even better this year. And Sonoda's, you know, doing an impressive job for a, Rookies had all that, you know, lots and lots of mileage in, a, in an old car um, just to learn Formula One and procedures and settings and how to act in different circumstances. But, you know, no no problems from him today. Very solid, tricky conditions as well because the, the sand was, you know, almost probably delivered the same amount of grip as a, a bit of a downpour would have given. So I think they'll be pretty happy with today, even though they've kind of ended up in the middle of the timesheets. Um, I don't think it matters. I mean, the thing that matters most to them is, you know, a decent number of laps under their belt. And it's the same case with Ferrari as well. Also got a, a decent number of laps under their belt, 116 in total, even though it, there was a, a late morning stoppage for Charles Leclerc, John. Um, do we know what happened there? It didn't seem to impact the team too much in terms of runtime overall. No, I must have missed that because we've had a busy day <laughs> of doing press conferences and everything. So um, I must confess to having completely missed that stoppage but I think they'll be they'll be pretty happy um with they're not dramatically off the pace um I think even by day one of um Barcelona testing last year it was fairly obvious that the trouble that um Ferrari was in um it'd be interesting to get some timing sheet data later on to check in terms of top speeds and stuff because that was a critical error to Ferrari that it's it's 2020 season was wrecked by a a down on power engine in the back of a very draggy car. Um, so what the team's hoping is that more power from the engine, better efficiency in terms of aerodynamics will result in a much better campaign. Certainly. And uh, there was a, uh, a spin for science as well in the afternoon session as well. So Ferrari cars with a number five on it, still having that problem, it seems. Um, but the other well, luxury car manufacturer, if you like Aston Martin, um, lovely new livery, Got a good, decent uh, number of laps in. They got uh, 97 all in total. A slight stoppage for, for Vettel at the end of the pit lane. But apart from that, not a bad day for, for that team. A bit like Alpine's day and kind of the pre-season. A huge hype around the build-up. Lots of talk about the colour scheme. Um, you know, Lots of intrigue about the sponsorship. And we saw Sebastian Vettel with his new pink helmet because of BWT. Um, and then today... 
fairly low key, nothing spectacular, but you look at the timesheets at the end of the day, Lance draws up there, both drivers, fairly decent number of laps. Um, so steady progress, a good kind of tick from day one. Um, and I think it'd be more interesting as we move to day two and day three in terms of when teams are going to have to do performance runs, because I think it's going to be much harder this season to kind of disguise what you're doing and hide potential. And when you're on the low fuel runs, and it has been in the past when you've had six days to get through programs, it's all done at different times. At some point, you're going to want to know before the end of this weekend, just what, what pace you have in that car. Um, I think then we'll get a better indication of you know, has Aston Martin made a step to to close up on that gap to Red Bull and Mercedes? Certainly. Uh, another good day as well for, for Alfa Romeo. Got in uh, 131 laps. Antonio Giovinazzi was sixth overall with a 131.945. And the teams that battled against last season as well has got 85 laps in. There was a gearbox change from Mick Schumacher during the first session. And Williams got 83 laps, all completed by test driver Roy Nassani. Now, John, that was a bit of a battle at the back of the grid uh, last season. Um, what did you see from those teams today? Hard to judge. Just as the, the times at the front don't really mean very much today, you can't, I mean, you'd be a fool to suggest that we've already got a, a performance pattern um, in our hands from day one of testing on a very sandy circuit. Equally, the, the battle at the back, you know, doesn't look too definitive. Alfa Romeo's had a better day today, but, you know, we saw Roy Nissani have the whole day at Williams. We haven't seen either of their race drivers in the car. Um, he was doing a lot of aero mapping work. There were lots of um, aero rigs on the on the car. Um, we know Haas aren't developing and you know, aren't progressing, so, you know, we'll stay still for much of the season. And it's that classic F1 scenario. If you stay still in F1, you move backwards. So I think you've got probably got to say Haas have favourites to finish 10th this season just because they're not developing the car, not because that car's no good. It's just the fact they're not developing and upgrading, not improving, and the others will step clear. Um, so then I think it'd be more interesting to see which, whether it's Alfa Romeo or Williams, who can make the, the biggest step forwards because um, Alfa had a difficult season at times last year, but you know things seem to be coming together better as the season went on. And Williams, under new ownership, you know, are, are being quite aggressive with changes, are pushing on new management, new philosophies. Um, so I think that will be quite an interesting um, battle between those two, and to see if they can tag on to that that midfield proper midfield fight that between third place and seventh place, which is too close to call. Exactly, and I'm sure that there'll be plenty more stories over the next two days of testing at Bahrain. John, thank you so much for joining me today. Now, here's what you can see on Autosport Plus right now. Luke Smith has a feature on Aston Martin's new ambitions and the changes it's undergone with Lawrence Stroll's backing. Our technical consultant, Tim Wright, talks about his recollections from testing with McLaren, Benetton, and the time that he was the seeker for the Who's Roger Daltrey. And later tonight, our Grand Prix editor, Alex Kalanorkas, will analyse the first day of testing. New subscribers that sign up today can use the promo code PODCAST at checkout to save 50% off their first payment. Go to autosport.com slash plus and click sign in at the top of the page and use promo code podcast for that 50% discount. Thank you for listening today and we'll be back soon with another Autosport podcast. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.